Hi everyone, welcome to the Heads or Tails podcast hosted by myself, Matt McClory. Well, I'm really excited for you to hear this episode uh, and my conversation I'm having today with Jacob Petty, an amazing guy in our church, uh, incredible guy in our community, actually, um, and does so many things that that you're going to get to hear about. And and I really believe it be inspired by one of the local legends here of our church and our city. Um, Jacob's an amazing family guy. Um, is living out an incredible calling. We hit on a lot of different things today that I really believe are going to inspire you. We talk about faith. We talk about calling. Um, we talk about testimony and, and people's journeys, and you're going to get to hear a little bit about his as well, but also stepping into everything that God has for you. So I really believe this episode is going to inspire you and really help you um, in leadership. Um, so hope you enjoy this conversation I have with Jacob Petty today. Jacob Petty, welcome. Welcome to the podcast, man. Glad to have you. Thank you very much. It's uh, awesome to be here and get to talk to you for a few minutes. We talk all the time because we do life together. Our kids go to the same school. Um, Jacob's going to talk about what he does, um, but he, he runs a family business, which um, me and my family utilize all the time. They take good care of us. Um, but why don't we just kick it off? Why don't you tell us uh, a bit about yourself, a um, bit about your your background it'd be cool as well too if you could just talk talk on or talk about your kind of coming into faith like how did how did that happen for you what age um and uh and all that good stuff yeah so my name is jacob petty um grew up in saint augustine grew up in church um as i was in high school you grew up in youth group uh, here in the word all the time but as I got older, went into college, made a lot of mistakes and fell away from the Lord. And I think the Lord had to discipline me in quite a few ways to get me back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I grew older and um, started to kind of seek the Lord more, um, I asked the Lord, God, how can I serve you? Because I didn't know. I actually met with somebody and they said, where are you, where, how are you gifted? How, how can you, how do you serve the Lord? Where's your gifting at? And I just had this deep question in my brain. I don't know. How can I serve you, Lord? Yeah. How am I supposed to serve you? Wow. I don't know the answer to this question. So when this gentleman asked me that, it was probably just a regular question that he asked people all the time when he met with them. And he asked me and I, I really started to ask God. I started to read scripture on, you know, different spiritual gifts, different ways people can serve and how we can honor God with our lives and ways I could be used. And I prayed and asked God, God, show me how I can serve you, how I can be used, um, how you want me to serve you. And I prayed and prayed and I didn't get really a clear answer for a while. Um, One day I was in church and it's probably been about four months or so since I had asked God and I'd been asking him continually, you know, off and on as I prayed over this time period and I was in church and listening, um, we were doing praise and worship and I just felt like God spoke to me and I felt like I heard him say troubled young men. Wow. And it was a, not like a voice, like somebody's talking to your head, but I just felt like that's what God was telling me. Mm. And 
I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. And I tried to volunteer to serve at a local um, group home to see if I could help out there. And they were like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, maybe I could do some Bible studies or just volunteer time. And they didn't respond. They were like, okay, thanks a lot, but no thanks. It's kind of weird, <laughs> random, you know, like, yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, God, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. So I, you know, just continued to wait and pray. And I had a friend probably within three or four months that I felt like God told me that ask, ask me to come to an event that they wanted to start at one of the St. Augustine um, youth detention facilities. And they wanted to do a basketball ministry and I made it out to that event and it was some guys from Jacksonville that did it up there and they wanted to start this down in St. Augustine. And we went to that and did the ministry and played basketball with the young men there. And immediately as I left that, I felt God let me know this is where I want you and this is where I want you to serve. Wow. Um, So that was um, 2015 um, was our first time out there in May and, Pretty much every month since then, um, we've been going out to uh, juvenile detention facilities and doing ministry and playing basketball. And mm-hmm. uh, the one in St. Augustine actually shut down, and it's going to be transferring to new ownership and reopening eventually. But currently, we go out to Hastings still, and we go out to a facility in Jacksonville also and do basketball with the kids and and some ministry and you know, just share the love of Jesus with them. That's awesome. And I I had the privilege of coming one time and, um, I was no good on the basketball court, but, uh, but I was able to share the word and, and, uh, really appreciated getting to see that firsthand with you. That was really cool. And just seeing the anointing on your life to do that, you know, you're, you're, you're a bigger guy, you know, you can hold your own on the, on the basketball court. Like, and, and I think, young guys are just they they gravitate towards you a little bit too but they also i think sense that your your heart for god and and your heart for them and 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 that translates so well um which is really cool and i love i love that you do that i feel like it's um really i feel like i am i am a bigger guy you know and you have some influence but really i think it's really just being willing to say yes to god yeah and god knowing that you're going to say yes and and he will use you where you can be used but wow. you have to be willing to say yes yeah because i you know i go there I, I you know half the time i feel like you're having to change plans and the plans you have are all different all the time because yeah. nothing works out the way you planned and yeah you feel like sometimes man what am i doing like how how is this always mixed up and not not right but god always works it out mm. his way yeah even when our plan doesn't work out and i think just just being willing to say, yes, God, God will use you in crazy ways that you have no idea that he can just when you say yes to him. Yeah. Um, and that's just such a great insight, I think, for anyone that's trying to step into faith and, and, and be used by God. I think what you touched on is so, so right. It's, it's like, you, you know, you can get focused on plans and we can, we can try to plan our steps, but, but it's God who who really ultimately orders them and, and, and has those steps we take. So it's just that willingness to be used and allow him to work through you. Um, but I love, I love how you, you, you know, the sequence of all that was so great is that you had a longing for God, you know, he got his arms around you. Um, and then you asked the question, God, how do you want to use me? For sure. And he didn't leave you hanging. No, he, he showed you oh, yeah. and he confirmed it. Um, 
but you, you're the one who walked it out. So I think that's 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 fantastic. So you're you're a married man. Yes. Married to Jeannie, who's incredible. Amazing. And you have beautiful kids. So tell us about them. So Elijah, he's 11 years old, um, loves to play football. Um, little athlete, much better athlete than I was when I was his <laughs> age. I was kind of a short, pudgy, non-athletic kid when I was in fifth grade. But he's, he's very athletic. Um, you've got Leah, which Leah, nobody would know because all my kids are kind of shy. But Leah is huge personality. Mm. Um, she loves to do art, very creative type things. Um, loves to make videos and yeah. do funny things like that. Yeah. Um, also a soccer player. She's taken on soccer. She was a little ballerina, but now she's moved over to soccer and she's, she's loving that. <laughs> and then we've got our youngest Mary, which is six, about to be seven mm. first grader. Um, she is just, um, she's kind of like the joy bringer. Like joy she brings child. the joy. She is always smiling, always laughing, just brightens everybody's day. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And you and Jeannie are high school sweethearts. Tell us about that. So when did you guys meet? So I was in a American Sign Language class. Okay. When I was in 11th grade. Okay. And I'd already taken Sign Language 1, and this was Sign Language 2. It was my second year of Sign Language. And um, she was in her first year of Sign Language, but because she had deaf family mm -hmm. and could sign so well, it was pretty much useless for her to be in sign language one. So they moved her to sign language two. Right. But even though I'd already had a year of sign language, I was horrible at sign language. <laughs> and I, I think I had a D in the class and she was so good at it. Yeah. You know, she, um, she offered to help me with some projects and we started hanging out and we actually, my mom used to have like videos we made of doing these sign language product projects before we started dating. Oh, wow. And That's cool. And she started to help me with that stuff. And we just started to really like each other and enjoy each other's time. And um, really before her, I think most any girlfriend I had, you know, it just after a little while, you'd kind of be like, okay, all right. I, yeah. It's enough, you know, but her, yeah. you know, I wanted to hang out with her all the time. She was like the coolest girl ever. You right. know, it was like, she's like a best friend and we can hang out and do stuff together. And we, um, pretty much the rest is history after that and so when you when you met her do you feel like when you met her you knew or was it or was it until you guys sort of got into it and got to know each other so she, she says she was in love with me like when she saw me like so she says she's new but me i didn't know at first i'm a little slower you know <laughs> it took me a little while i was yeah. you know i was i'm a guy in 11th grade and Totally. And football and sports and yeah i just wasn't super girl focused i wasn't one of the girl crazy guys really i was more of yeah into sports and stuff like that so it took me a while to realize oh wow something really special here yeah that's cool that's really cool i love hearing those stories because like, even for jill and i like we we i knew straight away but I, I was i was fearful you know like i was just like is this for real like but i could tell that she was different i could tell that this was a different situation to anything that i'd, I'd ever kind of come across and um and she always says that like oh, i didn't know if you were really into me or not but i was just like well i was pretty forward about like wanting to spend time with you yeah. and you know calling you when you went back to america and stuff like that so it's always interesting but i think you got to kind of develop and, and walk it out a little bit and then you you get those confirmations along the way yeah and like you say, you know, you just feel like they're different and 
you want to spend time with them. But what's interesting in your situation, so you guys met in the 11th grade and I kind of, I'm, I'm putting the pieces together in my head a little bit, but then you went to, you went to Wake Forest. Yes. That's right. Tell us about that. So you guys were dating before you went? Yes. Yeah, so okay. we, we dated before I went um, and I, you know, went off to college and we were together at the time when I went off to college. She was still here. She was still here. Right. Um, but we ended up breaking up. Um, oh, okay. You know, the long distance, just very difficult at that age. Um, plus combined with how cool I thought I was and wanted to go <laughs> play football, you know, be free and, yeah. and, you know, not be tied down to a girlfriend at the time. So, um, that was part of it. But, um, we ended up getting back together in my second year in school and did the long distance and tried to make it work. Um, but it was very difficult. And during the second year, um, we had had a coaching staff change. The coaching staff that recruited me, his name was um, Jim Caldwell. He was a head coach and he was a great Christian man, loved the Lord, um, just didn't cuss. You know, the coaches, if they cussed, they had to put money in a curse jar it was just it was an abnormal football program yeah it's right. not not the norm for football but he was a great man and they had a pretty good year the year before i went there but he's his and him and his coaching staff were fired during my first year okay. because they had a really bad season my first year so a new coaching staff came in and um you know i didn't really get along with my position coach very well uh, him and i just didn't really like each other um, i had some had a knee injury also at the time and her and I were fighting all the time, long distance. And after my second year, I, I came home during the summertime for, you know, like a summer break. Mm -hmm. And we just had like a great summer together. And I kind of looked at the school and I said, man, if I go back to college, her and I aren't going to make it. Yeah. We're going to end up breaking up. It's just, it's not sustainable for three more years. Which yeah. Wow. Been three more years because I was redshirted my first year. So I decided to come home and we decided to get married and start life together wow i didn't know that part of it that you'd make that that big of a call um but but you could see the writing on the wall you could see oh yeah the faith wasn't there anymore because because coach jim had stepped stepped away things were happening with you and Jeannie, and you know you could sort of see what was happening in the program so you just made the decision for to build your life back back here and and sure. and how did that how did that start was it was it a tough road initially or oh yeah i mean i think everybody thought that i was you know crazy it was making a crazy decision because you know you're leaving this you know full ride football scholarship you mm. know and you hadn't really got into your career yet because i was only in my second year and it's yeah. called a redshirt freshman and yeah um you know just to to turn away from that but i just knew that that was the right decision for me in my life and plus you know I, I wasn't I wasn't a good man when I was up there I was failing all the time um, mm -hmm. I, I was not where God wanted me so I think I think definitely God was steering me because I wasn't handling that situation up there yeah the way I, I should have at that at that age so part was, of it was like obedience like oh, you're obeying him yeah I think it was uh, I think God knew it was good for me to come out of that situation yeah that's awesome cool so you got the you got your you're coming into faith and your journey and then you got you know getting married to Jeannie and you got three beautiful kids and one of the things I love I've loved learning about you is your commitment to your family um, even at a business level so I'd love for everyone to hear a little bit about that so you how long have you been a part of the family business for and and can you tell us a little bit of the background of that as well yeah so uh, my grandfather uh, started the business 
um, I think the store we were at started in 82. Okay. Um, he actually had a store before that at a different location, but raised tire and service. So it was started late seventies, early eighties. And my dad came into the business to help them um, run the business in the late eighties sometime. And, and this was, this was your mom's dad, right? Yes. This yes. is my mom's dad. And then your dad stepped in to help him. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Very cool. Exactly. So he stepped in to help probably in the late eighties and he had, you know, become a part of the business and he ended up actually buying the business from them mm-hmm. and they went on to retire. Okay. And so my, my dad took it on and had full ownership, um, running the business. And in 2002, when I left Wake Forest, I came in and started working, you know, part-time. And then I still went to school at Flagler college okay. while going and working with the family. And after a couple of years at Flagler college, I came in full time and, um, helped my dad and he ended up expanding the business and starting a commercial division, um, buying some property and, and so they could service, you know, big RVs and semi trucks and, you know, offer that kind of service to, for all the construction companies in town. And mm-hmm. I took over as a, you know, general manager for the store, um, you know, trying to run it with the family and keep it running well and keep it, keep stress off my dad because my dad, he does so much and he's got a very great business mind. And I really, my goal a lot of times is to try to take care of stuff and handle stuff to take stress off him Yeah, was a lot of my mindset. A lot of time, what can I do? What can I handle? What can I yeah. do to make things easier for him? So he doesn't have to worry about it. So when he, um, he's had some health problems in the last year or two, and he decided that he, it was a time for him to, you know, step away from the business and to retire. Wow. Um, him and I spoke about, you know, me possibly taking over the businesses and, and moving forward. But, um, I don't feel like that's really what I, I wanted to do. And I didn't feel like that's the role for my life. Um, yeah. I felt like it would be better for him and I to step away together and me to move on to, to a different calling that God would have on me. Yeah. You know, how long was that process? Um, and, and, and how much of that involved like prayer and waiting on God and talk us through that. Cause that's a huge decision. You know, that's generational, oh, yeah. uh, a generational business and, oh, yeah. and a big deal for your family. It is, it is, it is him and I, we've talked about it a lot over the years and there was, there was quite a few months, probably even years of thinking, thinking about an exit strategy or how that would be handled, right. you know, when he exited, yeah. um, you know, my, my thought and prayers on it were extended period of time and it wasn't a clear answer for a long time, but I think my answer really came not from like a word from God, but just as I saw myself and knowing myself and how I operate that for one, I'm not, I'm not a super great business minded person. I'm not a profit minded person. I'm more of a, I just don't have that profit mind like my dad does. He's, right. he's a great businessman and he's very good at it. Him mm-hmm. and I don't, we're not built the same way there. So I don't right. have the same quite motivations as him there. Right. Um, secondly, the way my brain works is that I, I keep thinking about business stuff and problems and how to figure and out things and solve things all the time. Mm-hmm. And even in the middle of the night, my brain will start thinking about things and I'll wake up and trying to figure out things and solve problems and right. figure out what we can do to fix this issue. And with that, the way my brain works and over time recognizing that about myself, I think I would drive myself crazy 
<laughs> if I own both those businesses. Yeah. And I recognize that. And I think I would either be a, a, a pretty good businessman and very stressed out and probably not the greatest father to be around sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or I could step away and do something else and probably be a much better person yeah. to be around and more pleasant and less stressed. I love it. One of the things I love about you, man, is you're, you're, you'll follow God wherever he wants you to go. And, and to, to make a decision like that takes a lot of faith and a lot of, a lot of belief that, that God's leading you. And, uh, and also I just love how you're honest. Like, you, you know, I think we ha- we all have to do that. We all have to get to a point. Sometimes for us as men, it takes us a little longer. Um, you know, I know for me, like it's taken me, like I, I don't think I could have spoken like this in my twenties. No, no, me either. <laughs> like I would have had to have, you know, someone had to have really like humbled me, brought me to my yeah. knees. For I think me God's to, had to humble us over the years yeah. many times to get you to a point where you can speak candidly about your failures and faults, right? Yeah. And just, just be, be honest about what you're good at and what you're not good at. And I love that you've looked at your dad and said, that's, that's not me. And, and often with sons and fathers, and I'm seeing this in my own boys too, is that, you know, they're not, they're not you. You know, there's some of this, there's some of me in them, but just like you and your dad, you look at me like, ah, oh, maybe I'm a little bit more like mum, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I remember that even with my parents. And so, so I think that's really cool. That's, that's a really cool story. And I know that you guys just closed on that transaction and that's, that process is outworking itself. How's it going by the way? Is it all, all good? It's going good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, in the transition phase, helping them transition and yep. make sure that, everything's stable and that nothing is, you know, out of whack during these first couple months. Mm. Um, I think we did, um, find a date, um, that I'm hopefully can be out of there. I'm shooting for February 17th Awesome to be hopefully my last day, you know, unless something changes and they need me longer and I'll, I'll stay a little longer if I have to. Yeah. But, um, you know, been praying and thinking about what, what God, you know, has planned for me next. And I think he's, he's given me an answer. So, Wow. Excited about that. That's awesome. Are you able to share it with me or? I, I think I can. Okay. I think I can. We can um, edit it out if you want. Yeah. How long before the podcast is released? <laughs> we got time. We got okay. time. Um, so I was thinking about a couple of different things and I'd been talking, you know, had some opportunity to work with uh, troubled young men, possibly um, where I know God's gifted me, mm-hmm. but I had another opportunity come up that uh, my wife has mentioned over the years and I've thought about over the years, but just where I was at, you know, with working with a business, it was never a possibility. Right. And that was to possibly be at the kid's school. Oh, okay. Um, so I, it looks like I'm going to have the opportunity to be out at the kid's school as a athletic director and PE coach Wow. and, you know, try to help them. And that's just, um, it's such a cool, like blessing from God because who, what dad gets to be around their kids, Oh my gosh! you know, every day of the week. And yeah. Um, you know, get to influence their life and influence your peers. And, mm. you know, plus being a Christian school, you know, we can, we can pray together. I can, we can develop, you know, clubs, you know, Christian athletic clubs and, mm. you know, different stuff like that. It's just, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited, man. That's congratulations. Well, I, I mean, selfishly, I'm, I'm just over the moon because my kids go there. And so my, my kids are literally going to benefit from, from your position and, and, and be blessed by, uh, by you. And that's, that's something that I think that like, just as a segue, I guess my question is like for you today is, 
you know, your, 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 your whole world is faith and family, you know, from my observation, from the outside looking in faith and family, and they go so well together. Your parents are amazing. You and Jeannie are amazing. Your kids, the way that you bless the community, how do you balance? And I guess this is, you know, might help someone that listens to this. How do you balance all those things? Well, it's tough sometimes for sure. I think, um, I think having a wife, you know, that loves the Lord and is, is committed the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is huge because, um, your wife has to be committed to whatever cause God calls your family to, you know, and, and if, if your wife's not on board, then sometimes, you know, it's setting your family up for strife, you know? So I think that's the main key for our family is, you know, Jeannie is, you know, I know God's called you to do this, you know, if you need to do this, we'll figure it out, you know, mm. whatever, whatever God calls you to. And she is always, you know, supportive in, in those roles, you know, with the juvenile detention ministry, you know, a lot of times it's, it's, Hey, this Saturday, you know, I'm going to have to move it to this Saturday and I know we've got this, but can we, can we work it out? And yep, yep. That'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And, you know, I think having a wife that's committed and stuff just helps tremendously. Um, you know, me personally, you know, I'm always trying to find the balance, um, you know, but sometimes you do stretch yourself a little bit thin and you got to cut something back a little bit or, yeah. or tweak the way you're doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's definitely tough. It's a challenge to, to balance a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, like from the outside looking in, I say all those things, but I also say it knowing that, that it's, it's not, it's not easy. You know, I think even for Jill and I and our family and, and, you know, planning colonial, but then also now pastoring colonial, there's a lot of moving parts, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, even just thinking about simple mealtime, you know, and, and one of the not negotiables that we have is, is we, we have to sit down as a family and eat together every week, multiple nights a week. Um, some weeks it's more than others, but there's never a week that goes by where we don't do that. I would love to know from, from, from your perspective, like family and, and like, what are some of the things that like you, you guys don't ever deviate away from, um, as a family when it comes to, to yeah. your life? Yeah. You know, we, we're very similar. A lot of times we're doing dinners multiple times during the week. And when we do that, it's, Hey, you know, we're not doing electronics right now, or, mm-hmm. you know, we're focusing on some family time. Yeah. Um, you know, also the weekends I've, I kind of selfishly keep my kids in a lot of times, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll let them, we'll let them go to family's house or friend's house. But yeah. a lot of times if they want to stay the night out, I'm like, Hey, you know, we haven't had a lot of family time. You know, we're going to, we're going to have some family time, cool. you know, this weekend and, and do some stuff together. Um, so I think just being intentional and making sure that you are reserving some of that time for all of us together as a family is really important. Yeah. And you've, you're, you've always struck me as someone who's a praying guy. We're in, we're in a series right now in our church on prayer, which I'm fired up about because it just, it's, it's always so great to talk about the importance of prayer, but I would love to know, like from you, like, like how important is prayer? You know, what's, do you have any prayer rhythms you could share with us? You know, what, what are some of, what are some of your sort of daily habits when it comes to the things of God? that might help someone that listens to this. So I think, you know, I always think about, you know, the pray without ceasing, 
Mm. And it's almost like an internal monologue, I think, throughout the day with God. Mm. You know, you have to be, because if you're, if you're conversating with God throughout the day, then when things come up, you're going to react a different way than you might react if you didn't have that internal ongoing that's conversation so with God in prayer. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think the, the morning is a must. You know, you've got to, you've got to carve out your time in the morning, you know, cause I, I think you, you spoke about it sets your tone for the day. Yeah. Um, that that's where you start. And I think also not only setting your tone, but that's part of putting on the armor too, mm. right? Us mm. as men, we have to put on the armor, you know, yeah. women do too, of course. But I know for me personally, like I need the armor of God because you're going to encounter things throughout your day yes. that are going to challenge you. Mm-hmm. And you've got to put on that armor in the morning, which Prayer, prayer is a part of that armor. Mm. Um, prayer for me also, I seek God in prayer a lot of times for answers. Yeah. Um, like this last time um, when I was seeking God for an answer on what I should do next in my life with a career, I, you know, I was praying about that heavily mm. and I wouldn't get an answer. I didn't, I didn't hear from God right away. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't give anybody an answer. I had, you know, some, some people were asking me, Hey, have you made a decision? Do you know what you're going to do? And yeah. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm still praying about it. And mm. then, so I, you know, I worked in some fasting, you know, Hey, I'm going to need to do some fasting maybe so I can hear from God. You know, I'm, I hadn't heard from him yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to maybe fast and, and pray too. And I still didn't hear from God. And so I was like, well, maybe a couple of few days later, I was like, well, I felt like God was leading me to fast again. So I'm like, all right, well, let's fast again yeah, and pray. And, and then I think I heard from God um, <laughs> with direction after that. Yes. Um, you know, I think, um, mm. I uh, asked, I asked him if he would show me my dream, you know, specifically which direction I should go. And I had a dream Wow. about which direction I should take. So, I thought that was a clear answer from God. Um, I read this last week, but there's, there's a preacher I really like, um, Pentecostal preacher called T.F. Tenney. Um, but he said this one time, he said, all direction comes from the altar. And it's so true that from if a man wants to know which way he needs to go, he first has to go to the altar. The prayer the fasting, yeah. the ministry, the the worship, you know, I think as yeah. well, like worship, I get so much direction during worship. Yeah. Like I feel like I get, always get such like a confidence about where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do after I've spent time in the presence, you know, yeah. and that's, that's really good, man. And I love that about you, that you won't compromise on that. Like you won't, because I mean, you've probably been there like you've probably been there before you've you've jumped the gun you know you've made the call before you knew and and that's that's almost a worse oh yeah it is a worse situation i mean because i mean i feel like you know you look at us you know and people don't know internally but i feel like i need to go god's direction you Mm -hmm. know for one you know he he knows the plan much better than i do and he knows what's going to happen you know, five years from now, 10 years from now. So I, I want to go in his direction because his plan is always much better than mine. Yeah. Um, so if I do his plan, not only it's, it's, it's a pre pre plan for me, pre plan works that he has designed for me. Mm. So I'm not going to fail if he's yeah. got a plan for me. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a great thing. Um, 
and there was a second point too, but I forgot. Of course, <laughs> in the podcast. <laughs> no, you you went in a great direction because I think that's I think that's so true. It's it's I've never thought about it that way. That like if I go with if I go with God's plan, then really failure is not not going to become my reality because He's already set me up for a win, and and He's got He's got things ahead for me that are that are His works that are eternal too. So as there's no emptiness when we do yeah. things God's way. Yeah, that's that was my second point. But I just remembered is when I am at the most peace and joyful and the person that I like to be the most mm. is when I'm walking at the center of God's will. Yeah. And that's that's the truth. And if I'm outside of that will and I know I'm outside of that will, my soul is miserable. Yeah. I'm not happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So I really try to walk in the center of God's will yeah. in any decision I make, because that's, that, that's peace. It's peace mm-hmm. that, you know, passes understanding, right? It's yeah. Yep. Enjoy the Lord. Absolutely. Um, and that, that reminds me of something that I wanted to ask you as well. Um, you, you wrote a book. You're, you're actually, one of the things that I've loved learning about you is you you do write. And, um, um, we've, we've actually been able to collaborate on some, some really cool, I guess we can call them testimonies, um, people's stories, um, and and we've seen God do some really cool things um, in in people's lives. But but you wrote this book called "If I Confess: The Source of Hope That Is in Me." Uh, it's a, it's a compilation of stories, and we actually have it in our storehouse. So if you go to our church or you want to get it, go online and um, and buy it, or uh, or come into the storehouse and grab a copy. But um, tell us why why you wrote the book, why you felt compelled to put this together. Yeah. So, you know, this is part of the, um, as we get older, we can learn to be more candid, yeah. you know, and absorb it. But it's, it's really, I think it stemmed from a place of feeling like a failure, mm-hmm. like I failed to do my job. Right. And I had a friend that was, um, had a massive heart attack and I had another friend that called me and said that, Hey, we need to pray for Brian. You know, it looks like he's going to die. Um, they say it's not, he's not going to make it, you know, mm. he needs a miracle, you know? So immediately I start praying for him. And as I'm praying for him, I'm like, man, God, what kind of friend am I? I've known this guy for years. You know, we worked out together, you know, I've, I've done athletic stuff with him, known him for almost 20 years. And I've never had a deep conversation with him about God mm. ever. And now my friend's about to die and I've never had a conversation with him what kind of friend am I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God, please heal my friend. Like, yeah. please, please heal my friend, God. And as I thought about that, you know, I started thinking about other friends and acquaintances and family that you just never have deep conversations. Cause I'm always the type, I feel like God will open a door and show me the right time to talk to him. And which I still believe. Right. Um, but I still but it doesn't mean I don't believe that we shouldn't actively plan to try to create a way mm. to explain to them yeah. about God and talk to them about Jesus and, mm-hmm. you know, share our faith with them somehow. Right. It, we should have a plan and we should be trying to do that some way, you know? Yeah. So, and I think God will appoint the the time, but I started to think about it and, you know, so I started to write like what, what would I write to friends acquaintances or what would I want to share with them? Mm. You know, so I thought about personal stories I've had with God in my own life, you know, Hey, this is like my personal testimonies about where I've experienced God in my own life. Mm. 
And then I, you know, started thinking about, you know, you know, some friends of mine are atheists and they may not even believe in God at all. Yeah. Um, so why don't I, you know, write a section with evidence for God and the universe and, um, evidence from like a moral standpoint, you know, how we have, where, where do we, where is the feeling of justice or the feeling of right and wrong come from? Yeah. That that's not just natural. Right. You know, it comes from somewhere. There has to be a standard that yeah. comes from somewhere, you know, so things like that. And, and then how you get from that to the God of the Bible. And so I put some evidence for the Bible in there from evidence from prophecy, from the old Testament, you know, and I put evidence for that and, um, some other stuff that's evidence for the Bible in the second section. And then I had, a, you know, I was talking to an atheist friend one day and, you know, his pro biggest problem was uh, suffering. You know, how can, he, how can a loving God, you know, and there was all the suffering in the world. So I really felt I wanted to write a lot about that. And with writing that, I, I reached out to a couple friends that have gone through some really tough uh, times. Um, one is Matt Accurso, mm -hmm. um, and he, he wrote a story um, that yep. I inserted in that section about yep. how he he's views the, it. He's in the book too. Yep. Yep. Um, and then another friend of mine, Shane Schneider, who nearly died, um, you know, was in the hospital with a severe bleeding of his intestinal tract, and you know, got got down to like 120 pounds, up up from like 180 pounds, and nearly died in the hospital last year. And he he wrote a story also. Wow. And um, you know, so then I I thought about reaching out to other friends to include personal stories where they've had with God in their own lives and just some, some other stories. So it's not just a bunch of stories for me. Yeah. Um, so I had them, you know, send me stories or ask them if they'd be willing to write a story. And, you know, so I had a bunch of friends send me stories that I included in there. And, and then I close out the book with, um, the last section is how to become a child of God. Mm. And I kind of go through the biblical outline of how we, we can become, you know, a child of God. Yeah. Um, so that's it. That's it. Man. That's, that's how it came to be. And that's I, where it came and from. I, and I love that because you, 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 you get the opportunity to, to read not just your story, but see kind of, I don't know, a lot of different stories. And, and really it, this is a story of testimony. Yeah. It's a story of faith. And, and I love the spirit of testimony is the same spirit of, of prophecy. So when you read this, it's like, I don't know. I love that you put even hope in this title because, because that's what it does. It puts hope in people that yeah. God's going to do that for them. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, he's going to show up for them. Like he showed up for the people in all these stories. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, it's just, a, it's an amazing thing. And as soon as Jill found out that you wrote this, like she was just all over me. She's like, babe, this has got to be in the storehouse. <laughs> and I'm so glad we have it in there. And, um, like I said, if, if, if you want to grab a copy of it, please, um, if you've got a friend as well that, you know, doesn't know God, maybe is a little skeptical and, and doesn't, you know, kind of wants a little bit of convincing. Um, I, my prayer is that this, you know, if you grab this and you give this to them, God will honor that faith and, and, and help open up their heart, um, which I think is really cool as well. So, um, bro, thank you so much for your time absolutely and this has been such a good conversation and and i just want you to know that jill and i and uh, we love you guys so much and you guys are such a blessing to our church yeah. our family i don't know what i would do if i if i ever preached another sunday and i didn't see you down on the front row <laughs> to my left in that service that you're always in and and just 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 grateful for for how you know how much you guys 
just hold up our arms, you know, and, and, and bless us. And you guys are an incredible, incredible family and we're grateful for you. So thanks for, thanks and for giving us some time today. So thankful for you too. I feel like, um, I've answered all these questions and I have all these questions in my head about you and your life that I would be greatly interested to hear sometimes. So you may have to have somebody, maybe not me, but somebody sitting on the other side okay. one day asking you some of these questions. Cause I think we need to maybe explore some of these topics and okay. Maddie's life too. Cause, awesome. Cause I know God's done some pretty amazing things in your life too. He really has. Well, maybe we could do a guest, uh, a guest interview. You could do, you could, you could interview me yeah. and, uh, and be the guest, um, guest interviewer. But, um, Awesome, man. Well, thank you for your time and uh, and I look forward to people listening to this podcast. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much, man. Right, bro. Well, thanks for listening today. We pray that this episode encourages you and helps you in your own leadership journey. We'd love for you to subscribe and why don't you leave us a review. Until next time, much love. Do you have a prayer need today? Our team at Colonial Church would love to come alongside you in prayer. You don't have to go to Colonial Church or be in St. Augustine to receive prayer. You just simply need to email prayer at colonialchurch.life. That's prayer at colonialchurch.life at any time to receive some encouragement and know that an army of people are praying on your behalf. 